0: That's chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
3: And welcome to First Strike right here on Visa. And I'm your host, Dave Ross. For the next hour, we're going to break down everything from a gambling perspective on what should be another sneaky deep card at UFC Fight Night. As we get the former champion, Jan Going to go back into the octagon potential five-round matchup with Alexander Rokic. Going to help uh, break it all down here for the next hour. Jordan Sherwood's going to join us from Chicago. Kevin Aiole is going to join us from Yahoo Sports. And right now, what a pleasure each and every week to be joined by Gamblew. He is Lou Finacaro. You got to follow him on Twitter as I do, at Gamblew. And again, we're going to talk about the Bout Business Podcast in just a little bit. But, Lou, I feel like a broken record here when we do first strike each and every week. Because... I know us as fa- fight fans, we love the fights anyway. And then you come off a of UFC 274, and obviously when you got two uh, title fights and you know maybe they didn't go exactly the way we, we all thought, you think maybe we're going to have a slowdown week. This is not a slowdown week in the UFC, that's for sure. When you look at the depth of this card, let's go right to the potential five-round main event here uh, in Bohovich against Rokic. And Rokic right now is a solid favorite, about a minus $1.90 is what I'm seeing. Bohovich, the former champion, about a plus sixty, Lou, is that respect due for Rockets, or are we kind of already saying, all right, Bohovich might be one step uh, on the other side uh, of the spectrum, if you will, uh, when it comes to the age gap here in the UFC?
4: Well, first of all, Dave, thanks for having me on, uh, sharing a little shine with Kevin as well as Jordan. That'll be really awesome. Those are excellent guests as well. Uh, To answer your question. I think there's a great amount of unknown surrounding Blachowicz based on Tishera fight, his mm. last fight. Before the Tishera fight, there was a lot of shine on Blachowicz, He was almost seen as, you know, the new champ. He was the champ, but he had a he laid a real egg against Glover, and I think that's caused the betting markets a little concern as well. He's in there with a guy that's gonna be a little taller, a little longer, and nine years
3: younger. That's the thing—is the nine years younger, right? When you're looking at a guy in Bohovic, who's 39, Rakic, who is ascending here at 30, uh, and he does have a slight height advantage of about an inch here, uh, and the reach is dead even at 78 inches here. What style of fight do you expect to play out in the main event? Because I think the conventional wisdom would be Bohovic, like he did against Israel Adesanya, when he kind of had a, you know easy work against Izzy, who was coming up in weight. He got him down to the, the ground and used his uh, his wrestling there to effectiveness, effectiveness to get that win, Rakic, you would want to believe would want to stand and trade and use those hands. Is that the, the, the two mo- clear mode uh, modes to victory here for these two fighters?
4: Dave, as I envision the fight, I believe that's pretty much how I see it. Yes, I see Rakic as the man requiring the distance and wanting to be able to use space to crack on Blahovic And I think that Jan is the fighter that understands he's got to take some of the starch out of the young man. And what better way to do that than from top position, Jan's risk in getting to top position is that he has to get inside the pocket, get onto uh, his opponent, Rakic, against the fence, then onto the floor. That's where his risk lies. And so the cat and mouse here is
3: all about distance. It really is, and again, uh, earlier in First Strike, First Look, had uh, Reed Kuhn on as well, and he was talking about the number, the volume of shots that Bohovic has taken now at 39 years young. And sometimes you start to worry about, you like to say, getting chinny. Is there a concern there for Bohovic? The over/under right now is set at three and a half, and it is juiced to the over at a dollar 35. Or do you think that the chin is good enough if it stay, stays standing? that he can drag this maybe a little bit in deeper waters, and maybe that could be advantage Blahovich if the fight goes deeper into the night.
4: I think Blachowicz has to get it deep, but not by standing, by rolling, or by pressing or groping against the fence. Uh, the, again, that risk is too high to get Rakic crisp and fresh, From distance, that's when his punches are most effective, obviously. That's when Jan does not want to eat him. And so uh, the cat and mouse early is all about spacing for Jan Blahovich because it's going to dictate whether this fight's going to go into the championship rounds or not. I tend to think it's going to.
3: You know, Lou, I think you do an excellent job on many different levels here on First Strike and across the network on VEASAN. But one of them I think you really shine is when you watch these guys in weigh-ins, and you can kind of glean maybe if it was a bad weight cut, that sort of thing. We're not hearing anything like that. 2.05 for these guys here. Any concerns after these guys uh, made weight?
4: Well, Rakic was one on the scale. Jan was two. And so that's impressive. They sent their message to each other. Um, But the difference in body type was substantial. Um, I've never seen Jan look so 39-ish. As on the scale today, and that's maybe not necessarily a great compliment.
3: Yeah, there you know, Father Time is undefeated, so again, nine years the senior here for Jan Bohovic, the former champion against Alexander Rockets. This number has gone up a little bit as the week's gone up right now, about a minus a dollar ninety for Rockets. Let's get to the uh, co main event of this of the evening. We're staying in the white heavyweight division here at 205 pounds. And Ian Kutzalaba, you and I talked about it on Lombardi Line earlier this week, Lou, here on the network. He's a wild man, and you know, just watching him make weight and, and doing what he does, uh, he's he can be intimidating here. I don't know if that's going to have an effect on Superman Span Ryan Span here, uh, Span right now to come back plus a dollar eighty five. dollars minus two twenty five. What did you glean from these two light heavies, and is this uh, is it priced accordingly in your estimation?
4: When I went into the handicap I thought that Kutilaba was too steep and that I really thought I could find some value in Span um and there is value in Span if you look at him just analytically he's taller he's longer he's he's not quite younger but he has he has a great setup provided this thing stays at distance and on the feet the issue with ryan span and and please take me with a grain of salt here i've never been in a cage with the door shut (laughs) so i'm not near the men these guys are but I don't know that Spawn really wants it when it's dirty, grimy, and somebody's really pressing him back. And that's the kind of guy he's got with Kutalaba. When he showed up today at the stare downs with sunglasses on, to me, that's a bad sign for Span.
3: Yeah, I, I've never uh, been inside that uh, that octagon either. Have no desire to do it. I like what we do observing but i think that's a fair evaluation because again you know Kutulaba is going to be pressure in your face and let's see if superman span likes that because you're right the body language maybe not so much again the total rounds here three round fight here potentially uh the over right now if you think it might go a little bit deeper a one and a half plus 115 so you can get plus money if you think this can go at least uh what what about seven and a half minutes here lou do you think Span can survive that? Because I think that's the common theory, right. That if Kutilaba gets him, he might get him out of there earlier than later.
4: I mean, just flashback to Johnny Walker and Ryan Span. I mean, listen, Span could easily get Kutalaba out of there, no question. However, I think it, it, it's in Span's best interest to measure himself a little and keep Kutalaba at the end of those shots and try and get him. And uh, IQ's never been another one of his strong suits. And after he gets pressed or kicked or hit, is he going to just turn the switch on and stand toe? toe, and I think that's the peril of this fight with these two guys.
3: Yeah, you know, I learned my lesson again last week with Justin Gagey in the main event where you, you thought sometimes you can be smarter, and when you get hurt and figure out ways, to, sometimes fighters go right back to what they know, and, and that could be danger for Ryan Spann if he does that against Ian Kutulaba. Uh, in the Bantamweight division, this should be a very intriguing matchup as well with Davey Grant, a $3 favorite against Luis Smolka here, uh, plus 235 here in the comeback in the Bantamweight division. This, this feels a little bit heavy to me if you want to back Grant here. Is there danger here in the $3 favorite? Uh, I don't think so.
4: Um, Smolka is barely UFC level even though this is his second stint. He's a tough Hawaiian. He wants to roll and, and, and submit and grapple, uh, but he's real chinny. He's awkward on the feet. And even though he's considered six years, I think, younger than Grant at 36, Grant's 36. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, th- I just think Grant's too fast, too powerful, and too explosive on the feet. Uh, the way for Lewis Smolka to win this fight is if Grant's totally overconfident and r- runs right into an
3: early submission. You know, what's interesting here, Lou, to me that really stood out is when I look at the total here at uh, two and a half in a th- potential three-round matchup here, and you can get plus money if you can get over two and a half rounds at plus a dollar sixty-five. The under minus two ten. And normally in the bantamweight division, you don't see it decidedly uh, in, in that favor of a stoppage here at over two dollars. Do you think this again, Davy Grant? If, if form holds and the, the numbers equate, it would seem to match that he would get this done sooner than later.
4: I I think that's a logical approach and one I adhere to.
3: Okay, so that's where it looks like you can see where the money's coming in there for Davey Grant at minus $3. Lou, we've got a lot more to get to. We're going to take a break in about 90 seconds, but before we go to break, I do want to talk about the About Business podcast uh, for people out there, Lou. So when they tune in and listen in each and every week, what do you give them on the About Business pod?
4: Well, thanks for mentioning it, Dave. Yeah, the About Business podcast takes place every week. There's a UFC event. And on the Friday afternoon, so later this afternoon, it'll drop on all podcast platforms. And it's a 15 to 17-minute synopsis of the final releases that I have for each card. Those are tabulated. We keep an track of our ROI and our profitability, and we accrue it week to week. And there's, we have great list, listenership, and uh, we encourage everyone to tune in.
3: I absolutely encourage it as well. Again, follow Lou on Twitter at Gamble, Lou, don't go anywhere because when we come back, there's a lot of women on this card that might be taking center stage in three bouts that I want to get to after we come back from a very short break. Remember, Jordan Sherwood, Kevin Ioli, going to join me right here on First Strike. It's a really good card. Of course, headlined by Jan Blavich against Alexander Rockets. Come on back. It's First Strike on VEASAN, the sports betting network. Back here on First Strike on VEASAN. Do not forget, the DraftKings Sportsbook is giving you plenty of ways to bet on the UFC. Just download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. You're going to be able to bet on more ways than just the main event. DraftKings has great odds on fight lines, total rounds, and features of MMA events. Eligible restrictions to apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for full terms and conditions. I am Dave Ross. This is First Strike. Rejoined once again by Lou Finnecaro. Follow him on Twitter as I do, at Gamblew, and you should if you want to make some money, listen to that bout business podcast. Uh, give out gives out great advice each and every week. Let's get back to this card, Lou. And I mentioned before we went to break a lot of ladies on this card. Uh, three fights here of intrigue and certainly of note when you look at some of the name commodities here. Caitlin Chikagan here in the five weight division going to take on Amanda Rebas at 125 pounds. So Rebos coming up in weight here. chikagan you can understand she's a solid favorite here, about minus a dollar eighty plus a dollar fifty five. And the Brazilian here, Rebos. On the comeback, but normally when you think chikagan you think decision, right? And that's why it's juiced well over $2 for this fight to go over two and a half rounds. What's the best way to attack this fight, Lou, when you look at Chikagian against Amanda Rebos?
4: Uh, well, the first way for me to attack it is to wonder why Rebus has taken a fight at 25 when she fights at 115. Mm-hmm. And she's taking it against a gal in Chukagin that is fought against Chebchenko and all the elite ladies at 25. And only the elite ladies have been able... To beat her, she's six inches taller, and even though she doesn't have a physical reach advantage, the leverage she's going to inflict on Reboss, who's an undersized gal at 15, let alone 125, to me is the intrigue of the fight. Rebus has to get a hold of Chikagian, close distance and drag her down. And Chikagian, again, the larger lady, has 55% takedown defense against a higher caliber of fighter at the 125
3: division. This is just a bad matchup for Rebus. I totally agree. It's exactly the way I handicap it as well. I keep trying to think about ways that Rebus can, can possibly get this fight and take control of it against the bigger woman in that octagon. The over I mentioned is juiced heavily minus 265 to go over two and a half rounds. I know Chikagin does not want to have the rep, but I think it's already there as a decision fighter. Is there any way she can get a stoppage inside of that distance? Cause the plus money here on the comeback, if you want to take the under is plus $2. If you think this fight can be stopped before two and a half rounds.
4: I'm such a believer that it's possible she can end this fight that I took her in a parlay Mm. as opposed to gimmicking her either via decision, which I think most people will, but I'm very afraid uh, that, number one, she's aware of the moniker mm-hmm. of being a decision fighter, and number two, she's got an ideal matchup in a gal that's been finished before stepping up in weight class.
3: Yeah, you're right, and and certainly those narratives get out there, and, uh, you know, we saw that even with future uh, former champions in the UFC, like Tyron Woodley, when he was the champ at 170. It didn't sit well with the boss, Dana White, even as champion, because they thought, unexciting fighter. I know Caitlin Chikagan does not want to have that label, so maybe she'll go for that stoppage against Amanda Rebos if she has the opportunity before two and a half rounds. I mentioned some other ladies on this fight card in the flyweight division. will stay right there at 125. And Viviane Araujo against Andrew Lee. This is a very intriguing matchup to me and pretty closely priced, as you can imagine. Araujo here uh, plus a dollar. Andrew Lee, the small favorite at minus a dollar 20 in this potential three round matchup. How do you see this one shaking out?
4: This uh, this could be uh, almost like the Maximov-Petrovsky fight, which is the first one of the evening, as it will vie for the best fight of the evening. Mm-hmm. These are two violent girls that aren't afraid to get after it. And I got to be honest with you, I, I have no clue. Uh, uh, <laughs> Andrea Lee opened a very slight minus 130. Now it's closer to Pickham. Uh, I like Andrea Lee a lot. I think she picked up a lot of momentum off the win in her last against Calvillo,
3: but a Rugio is no laughing matter. No, she is not. And what really stands out to me is when you look at the total. I mean, Lou, they think for sure this thing is going to the cards over two and a half rounds, minus 330. I mean, that is as big a juice as you're going to see uh, the under two and a half plus 240 here. Any shot, or is it just stabbing in the dark if people want to play the under two and a half?
4: Each lady has the power to put the other out. However, each lady's also so tough and durable that I don't see it happening.
3: Yeah, that's exactly why it's priced that way here. So feels like the over, but you got to lay a lot of juice there if you want to take it at minus 330 for that fight to go over two and a half rounds. Let's go to the strawweight division back here to 115. Verna Yonderoba is a big favorite against Angela Hill. And there's always danger if you want to play against Angela Hill. She's plus 160 here. On the comeback against Verna, uh, what do you make of this matchup here? And, and could Angela Hill, we know she is game, Lou. I mean, she's, there's not a fight that she doesn't like, but the odds right now are against her. How do you see this one playing out?
4: Uh, I see this as probably the best underdog opportunity to the, that I have on this uh, fight card. Jenderoba open 140. She's now got raised up to minus 190. That's a really profitable segment for the underdog when the favorite uh, is priced between plus 100 and minus uh, 200 and they rise. And so I love the uh, increase in price in Angela Hill. I like the fact that she's taller. I like the fact that she's a striker. I like the fact that she has been in with better and has very stout takedown defense. And Jandaroba must get close and must take this down in order to hold advantage, and Angela Hill has seen all kinds of Jandarobas before. <laughs> I think she's got the movement, the footwork, and the striking to keep this at range and win a decision.
3: Yeah, overkill hill, the, the over hill, over hill, rather, that's what she knows. She's been in there with the very best. So what's very interesting, again, when you look at the three women's fights on the card, the over two-and-a-half in each fight, and in this case here with Hill and Yanaroba, it's minus 255. I mentioned Araujo and Lee, that's minus 330. And of course, when you look at Chikagin and Rebos, minus 265. So, Lou, you, you understand that the blueprint feels like with some of these women's three round fights, non title bouts, that they always lean towards the over in those decision possibilities here. Uh, these set at two and a half. Again, is that just where the smart money is because you just don't see typically a lot of finishes in these weight classes?
4: Yeah, that that's exactly right, and and I'll take it a step further. Just just take it to hundred and thirty-five pound fighters and lower. There and it is. Include the bantamweight men. Those are all dynamically decision fights, especially when you get into a uh, a production fight like a numbered fight where they're using the huge cage.
3: It's a great point. You mentioned uh, earlier that you thought maybe Andrew Andrew Lee and uh, Viviana Arujo could be fight of the night, but you also mentioned Nick Maximoff against Andrew uh, Petrosky here. That's the first fight on the board. Maximoff is a huge favorite. We get it. He's a rising star. Uh, it feels like here in the middleweight division, minus 350. What do you make of that number? Is that too high for your liking? Yeah, maybe in this
4: matchup, this is, this is going to be a heck of a fight because you've got a really tough wrestling-based guy out of Philly that trains with Sean Brady and Felder and that group fighting a Nate Diaz disciple in Maximov. Uh, the, the thing with Petrovsky, he's just chiseled out of granite, and he's definitely going to have a slight advantage on the feet, uh, the issue will be is once he gets he's so muscular, he'll swell up and slow down, and that's in the second and third round when Maximov will be able to turn on uh, the throttle, and so I think if Maximov can weather a a really dynamic first round out of Petrowski, he has the ability to take top position and really kind of grapple Petrowski and, and work him on the ground once he's tired. Uh, to me, I think that this fight is a decision fight, because I have nothing but respect for the toughness and capability of both fighters fight to go to decision minus 130 minus 140 somewhere in there mm-hmm. i think that's a pretty strong
3: play yeah, and if you want to go even safer two and a half get the over minus 160 i'm picking up what you're putting down there lou look you know me i always like a good scrap i, I like when there's a, a little bit of you know you know what talking here i missed the black zillions against uh att back in the day michael johnson he might be the, the last remaining Black Zillion out there, uh, and he's still fighting now against Alan Patrick here. Patrick, right now the underdog at plus twenty five. What do you make of the veteran here in Johnson at 145 Do you think that's uh, priced accordingly?
4: This is a tough fight because uh, Johnson is dynamically inconsistent. And Alan Patrick on my list of fade fighters is position one A, <laughs> and so I lean I lean to Johnson here uh, because I do think he has better striking and more tools than Patrick is just uh, a fighter I, I think on the on the bubble of UFC worthy and and he's older than Michael Johnson so it, uh, I think this is a tough tough spot for Patrick.
3: It feels like just yesterday when Justin Gaethje was making his UFC debut against Michael Johnson. People forget that fight was an incredible fight that Johnson came up on the short side. Hey, Lou, really appreciate the time and the information. As always, again, follow him at Gamblew, and you got to check out the Bout Business podcast. Lou, enjoy the fights this weekend, my friend. We'll catch up again next week.
4: Thanks for having me, Dave, and good luck to everybody.
3: There he is, everybody, Lou Finnecaro. When we come back, much more to get to, including Jordan Sherwood out of Chicago. Come on back. It's First Strike right here in Beeson, the Sports Betting Network. continue First Strike here on Visa and I'm your host Dave Ross. Once again, it is always a pleasure to be joined by Jordan Sherwood out of Chicago. Follow him at Wood on 1063, the host of the unnamed MMA podcast in Chicago. Jordan, you still working on a title? Are we sticking with the unnamed MMA pod?
2: Sticking with the unnamed MMA podcast. I think it's growing on me. It's growing on you because you keep asking me every time. So yeah. We're going to stick with it because it's working for, well, us. At least he, for us. It's working.
3: If you switch it, I know a big time sponsor came in and gave you millions of dollars to do so. Uh Jordan, let's get to it right here. Cause we got a, a really good card. Again, I feel like I say it every week, but a sneaky good card here. Uh, when you go to Blahovich against Alexander Rockets here in the main event Rockets right now, about minus a dollar 90 Jan plus a dollar 60 on the comeback here. Look, it's not, he's not that far removed from a dominating win over Israel Adesanya, obviously Adesanya came up in weight to light heavyweight uh, to lead the middleweight division here. But since then, the loss to Glover Teixeira, and now a solid underdog against Rockage. Is this mispriced, or do you think Rockage should be the rightful favorite?
2: I think he should be the rightful favorite. It's getting to a point though where there's too much money being put on Rockitt. Uh, you know, I think he's he's more in that dollar sixty range that I'd be comfortable with with, with betting on him just because I think the combination of his athleticism, the, the, the striking, I mean, we've seen what he could do, the Jimmy Manoa knockout is uber impressive, mm-hmm. uh, but also he, he's got some wrestling to fall back on. And, you know, we've seen, you know, at times, Jan Blachowicz, uh get taken down. Obviously, you know, when you get taken down against the champ, Glover Teixeira, uh, it's a little bit of a different story. But I, I think as we get into the championship rounds, and, and I'm hinting at the fact right there, I, I think the over uh, in this, in this uh, fight is a, is a play to certainly look at. I think, I think go, both guys going to be cautious, but I think Rochick's going to utilize his wrestling that we've seen him do in his last two wins, uh, most notably controlling Anthony Smith, who, who's much more well-versed on the ground than Jan Blachowicz. So um, I, I, yeah, to, to answer your question, I, I do believe Roger should be the favorite, but I just don't think right now at that price, it, it's worth the investment. You're going to have to stuff him into a parlay. Uh,
3: to get some value on that pick. Yeah, so minus $1. ninety. so the better way to go, if I'm picking up what you're putting down, is to play the over three and a half rounds right now at about a minus $1.40, uh, if you like the under, plus $1.10. But it does feel like, you know, normally getting into bigger weight classes, middleweight divisions, light heavyweight divisions, you do te- technically, certainly in the heavyweight divisions, see more stoppages. But you do think this fight could go into those championship rounds here, even though it's a non-title bout, it is a five-round main event.
2: I, I do, I, I do. I think you know both guys are are in need of a win. Certainly, Jan is going to need a win to bounce back, to be in that topic of conversation, uh, to challenge again for the championship. He was impressive on that five and one run. You know that was good, and the knockout of Luke Rockhold certainly sticks out amongst his better wins. But Ratcheck's now he gets a win over the former champion. In my mind, he's next in line for for for, for the winner. Of, uh, you know, Prokopenko and, uh, uh, and Glover later mm-hmm. on next month. So yeah, Rodrick. Uh, certainly I think both guys cautious, the overs, the play and sprinkle Rochek into a parlay of some earlier fights on the card. In my opinion,
3: Jordan, do you read into any of this stuff? And you know, me, I, I do tend to read into some of this stuff. Cause I lo- love, a good spat. It seems like rockets is already talking to Prochaska. And like they're going back and forth at each other on social media. Like, dude, you're fighting Jan Blachowicz. Like, do you worry yeah. that maybe his his, his mentals are, are are elsewhere, and he really needs to be focused on the former champ?
2: I, I look. I think that just that's just who Radek is. I, I think he's talked about being a champion. You know, he was looking past Anthony Smith prior to his victory over Anthony Smith. That's who he's been in the past. But you're right. I mean, you, you can't look past the Polish hammer because right. he is. You know, he and he's he is cashing as an underdog. I mean he has been an underdog in several different areas and he's cashed as including you mentioned the Israel Adesanya fight. He was the underdog in that fight. He was the underdog against Luke Rockholt. So dude, dude cash tickets and he die he he barks as a dog. So Definitely not wise if Roger is looking past him, but I don't think he is. I think he's realistic. He's going to have to get a win to put himself as the next contender at light heavyweight.
3: Yeah, but you're right. This does feel like the showcase, right? That the winner of this, and I know Bohovich would love it to be to uh, against Yuri Prohoshka to get another shot at the belt here. But you're right. Whoever wins this fight pretty much would be in line to fight the winner of Prohoshka against the champion Glover Teixeira. Let's stay in the same division here. Talk about Ryan Superman-Span against Ian Kutzalaba. Kutzalaba we know, is a wild man. And you can <laughs> see it just the way he weighs in and, and the way he carries himself. Minus 225 against Span. A little bit more understated. We know he's got power, but sometimes you worry if Span is really in it mentally because you know Kutalaba is going to put pressure on him. Is this too much pressure? Or do you think maybe there might be some value in the dog here plus $1.85? You know, I think
2: it's, I think it's too much pressure. And, and I was joking about it, you know, uh, on the unnamed MMA podcast is like, you know, R- Ryan Span doesn't like to get hit and like, yeah, nobody likes to get hit in the face, but, but particularly a guy like Ryan Span when he's pressured and he takes a shot, uh, he's out of the fight. Mm-hmm. And Ian Kutalaba is, is, is certainly, the type of fighter that's going to bring that, even though he's been a little bit more reserved uh, in his in, in his last two fights, he hasn't been that wild man. He's he's calmed it down a little bit. He's gotten the cardio under control. But I believe this is a fight that he runs through Ryan Span. I think the under is the play because both guys do hit hard. But Kudilaba. His wrestling, the fact that Ryan Spann does get taken down and Kutilaba can revert back to his wrestling to get this fight uh, off the feet to the floor, I, I think is a reason why. Certainly value in him uh, to win the fight, and I, I like him even at the 3 25 price.
3: Yeah, you mentioned the under here, Jordan, and again, minus $1.45. So if you don't want to lay the big price tag here in Kutulaba over $2, maybe that's the way to go the under at $1.45 because I'm with you. I don't think Span can go all three, winning on a judge's decision or something like that. It's going to be kill or be killed, and sometimes you got to bite down the old mouthpiece, and that's not something that Ryan Span is known to do. Let's see if he can turn uh, that script and flip it a little bit on Saturday night. Uh, Davey Grant's a three-dollar favorite against Louis Smoker here, plus two thirty-five. Is this a, a situation where Grant runs through Smoker, or is there potential danger in the f- with the underdog?
2: I, I am I am on the Smoka bandwagon, and I'm one of the only ones believing that he has an opportunity. Because look, you know, Davy Grant's had some impressive knockouts, even though he's a, not a knockout fighter. And, and Louis Smoka, you know, in the UFC, out of the UFC, he's been finished before. But Davy Grant's a guy to get submitted, hmm. and Louis Smoka has a pressure game and some very good grappling exchanges and submissions that he could pull out. I mean, I believe of Davy Grant's five losses, uh, four of them have come via submission, and Louis Smoke is a guy that could you know, grab a neck, snatch on a guillotine, an arm bar and, and finish you. And David grant is a guy that's fallen in love with his hands and, and forgotten that he's, you know, he's a grappler himself. So small sprinkle, just a small sprinkle <laughs> on Louis Smoka and oh, Louis Smoka via submission seven to one. Ooh. So I, I, yeah, I look probably, it's probably not a wise price. David grant pro you know, sh- should be a sizable sure. favorite because Louis Smoka can't take a punch, but I think he survives, he, he, you know, he survives. And, and gets this fight to the ground and, and, and has an opportunity to submit Davy Grant.
3: Well, to your point, that's what Smoka does. If he's going to get the win, it's probably going to come via submission. He's going to look for those uh, finishes there. So this is not a guy that's going to go in there and throw hands. That's for sure. is going to try to get it done. So maybe 7-1 if you like the dog. Like Jordan's saying, that's the best value for his pathway to victory. Caitlin Chikagan, she's got the rep as a decision fighter against the Rebus here. And, you know, hey, she wins, but sometimes my, people might say, well, she's going to control you for three rounds. Do you see it playing out that way again here at 125 pounds?
2: I do. You know, she's not blonde fighter. She's point fighter. And, you know, <laughs> she's she, she's the one that you go through to, like, earn an opportunity to fight for the belt. Uh, and I think, you know, we don't know much about uh, Rivas yet at, at, at this, you know, flyweight weight class. You know, she's she's bounced up and down. We thought she was a strawweight contender. Marina Rodriguez, uh, you know, humbled her. Couple of fights ago, so they stylistically they kind of match up the same, you know. And, and maybe you know he must has got a little bit more uh, uh, of an advantage on the ground if it gets there. But mm-hmm. Chukayin, so hard to get to the ground, and she's got very good top game as well. I mean, she smashed chenko's sister uh, a couple of fights back. So I like Chukayin. I think she's a smart play as the favorite. I think she outpoints, you know, uh, Amanda on the feet, three round unanimous decision. Uh, uh, victory for, for the blonde fighter. Yeah,
3: I know. it's Sometimes it's a bad rap, but she wins fights. That's what Caitlin Chikagan does. Point fighter is, is a great way to put it. we got about a minute to go here with Jordan Sherwood. I look deeper on this card, and I see the former Black Zillion, Michael Johnson, on this card here. A favorite against Alan Patrick. Uh, what do you make the old man? But, you know, uh, Alan yeah, Patrick's I, the old like,
2: It's so hard to back a guy that, like, went one and four, then two wins, and now he's, like, he hasn't won a fight in, like, five in a row. right. Three of them, he was winning, and then like lost. Like, but I got to back the menace. Like, he should win this fight. Like, he's just gonna, you know, he, he's got more athleticism. He's better on feet. He's not a guy that's gonna really be, you know, get submitted. I feel like, and Alan Patrick's is output so low. So, uh, yeah, I, I love it. I love that price going down. I mean, I snatched the menace at a dollar fifty, down hmm. forty five, even better. So I hate it because he's so untrustworthy, but you got to back him because he should win this fight and win it convincingly.
3: Got about 30 seconds to go. You got three ladies fights, two in the flyweight division, uh, one in the strawweight. Which one sticks out to you the most? I think Angela Hill is is being
2: severely disrespected in her fight against Johnny Rama. Yes, Verna's outstanding on the ground. Angela Hill does get taken to the ground, but she doesn't get submitted. Doesn't get submitted, and I think she's a better stand-up fighter. So, Angela Hill, dogs are going to bark for uh, overkill for sure.
3: Hey, overkill Hill, there is not a fight that she does not enjoy. Hey, Jordan, appreciate the time. And the information is always my friend. Again, check him out at the unnamed MMA podcast. Come on back, Kevin. I always going to join the program next on First Strike on Veasan, the sports betting network.
2: I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one yeah, concept. Yeah, because you got to think, Love he's it. going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the exactly. Olympics, he's going guard, and then on I'm top of it. like that, see that?
6: Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Casella, Point Game. I
4: remember mean, you came in my room crying tears, <laughs> t- I mean, he was in a culture shock.
5: and then he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what you know? I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't it? Ain't <laughs>
3: DraftKings Sportsbook is giving you plenty of ways to bet on the UFC. Just download the DraftKings Sportsbook app. You're going to be able to bet on more ways than just the main event. DraftKings has great odds and fight lines, total rounds, and features for MMA events. Eligible restrictions to apply, see DraftKings.com sportsbook for full terms and conditions. Back here on First Strike, I am Dave Ross. A pleasure to have Kevin Ioli join the program for the very first time here on First Strike. Of course, does great work at Yahoo Sports. Follow him on Twitter as I do at Kevin I. Kevin, welcome to the program, man. It's great to have you on, and uh, obviously we wanted to add, have you on for quite some time. When you look at the main event here in the light heavyweight division between Jan Bohovic, the former champ, against Alexander Rakic, it is interesting because the experts that I've talked to all week long, they feel like Rockets should be the favorite, but it's been steamed up a little bit as the week has gone on, Kevin. Minus $1.90 now, when does it get to the point that you say maybe it's a little bit overvalued?
7: You know what? I, I like Bohovic in the fight. I'm, um, I'm one. I guess I'm one of the uh, um, difference feelers here. But I, I think you know Bohovic has such a, a good overall game, and I think he has really something to fight for here. You know, he doesn't feel like he uh, performed very well in his last fight uh, when he lost the title to Glover to But you could see. What he's capable of doing against strikers when he fought Dominic Reyes, Israel Adesanya, mm-hmm. um, you know, he performed uh, at, at a really high level, and so I kind of like, you know, I mean, to me, it's you know, it's a very close fight. You can you can make an argument for both guys. But I, I like the situation that uh, Blahovich is in here. And so I, I kind of like Blahovich. So, you know, I, I wrote in my uh, column the other day that I would take Blahovich, And I, I think if if I remember correctly, he was $1.65 at that point.
3: Right. It's been steamed up a little bit here. So you're getting even better money uh, on Blahovich here as the week is going on. So, again, to your point here, Kevin, if you like the former champion in Blahovich, maybe wait because the money has been coming in on Rockets. Maybe get an even better number uh, before fight time tomorrow night. The over here right now at three and a half rounds uh, is minus $1.40. The under three and a half potential five round main event here is plus money at plus 110. The conventional wisdom seems to believe, Kevin, that this will be one of those fights that goes deep into the night. Is that with Bohovic utilizing that wrestling that we saw him control Israel Adesanya uh, in this division? Is that the pathway for Bohovic to get the upset is to utilize that wrestling and take this take this fight deep into the night?
7: I think so. I mean, I think, you know, you're going to see him try to clinch a lot on the cage when they're in the stand-up. You know, I, I don't think that he wants to stand, spend a lot of time in the center of the ring striking with rackets. You know, Blahovich has got a lot of power and, and he can knock guys out, but he his striking isn't his total game, right? So he's going to want to, you know, try to either get the fight to the ground and wrestle a little bit or uh, be on and work the clinch on the cage. And I, so I think when you look at those kind of fights, um, I think you you. Expect it to go longer, so yeah, I, I like this as a, a fight that would go a long way too. So you know, uh, three and a half rounds, you know, they're, they're making it a tough number right there. That, <laughs> you know, that's a tough spot, but I I, I think this is probably one that's going to go the distance.
3: Yeah, I th- I think you're right. I think conventional wisdom, if you believe Rockage is going to get the win, maybe. At 39, Blahovic starting to take some shots. Maybe you can get him out of there earlier. But if you like Blahovic like Kevin does here, then maybe the, the correlating play there would be the over as he tries to tire out Rakic on the ground like he did to Israel Adesanya not that long ago. In the co-main event here, we're staying right there in the light heavyweight division here with Ryan Span against Ian Kutulaba. We know Kutulaba can be kind of crazy, unorthodox in there. Likes to pressure. Uh, Sometimes Uh Superman's fan doesn't always seem to like that. I don't know who would like to be pressured the way Kutulaba does. Minus 225 on Kutulaba. Is that priced accordingly in your estimation, or maybe a little bit high for your blood?
7: Uh, You know, I. It, I think that's kind of what I expected it to come in at. I can't play Kudalaba there because I think both guys are inconsistent. I think Kudalabas is maybe a little bit more consistent than Ryan Span is, but I like this play as an under. I think if, if Ryan Spann has any chance to win, he's got to land something big, right? And I think that's what Kudalaba is always trying to do. So I, I like this to go, you know, inside the distance. That, that's the play, I think, on this fight that makes the most sense to me.
3: Yeah, and again, under one and a half right now is priced accordingly, minus a dollar 45. I think most people like you, Kevin, believe that if Span's going to pull the upset, it's got to come quicker, and you know Kutulab is going to be there uh, right from the jump. Yeah, he has been a little bit more patient in his last fights, as Jordan Sherwood uh, put out there, but, you know, it just feels like Kutulaba is that constant pressure fighter in this light heavyweight division, so let's see if he can get it done earlier than later. In the Bantamweights here, this is interesting to me, Kevin, because normally in these lighter weight classes, right, you see in a potential three-round fight, the totals, normally, you're going to get plus money if you think that this fight can get stopped earlier, but not in this one. The under here, two and a half rounds, is minus 220, so people believe that Grant is going to make quick work of Lou Smoker, uh, Do you see it the same way, or do you think that potential Smoker, who likes to try to get those submissions, might be able to extend this fight a little bit longer than people think?
7: I just think they are different class of fighters right here. I think David Grant is a fighter on the ascent, and I think Louis Smoke is a fighter kind of— you know, every fight now he's trying to hang on to his job, right? He, You know, he's out there. And so sometimes, you know, I do believe in that desperation mode, Dave, where you say, hey, a guy wants to hold on to his job. But I, I just think they are different class of fighters here, and Grant's got a lot of weapons. Uh, he's, I think he's beaten some good people, too. Uh, so, you know, I, I kind of go along with the conventional wisdom on this one. You know, I think you'll see Grant— win this fight and i think you'll see him you know take smoke out
3: and again if you want to shorten that price you could do so by taking davy grant uh before you get to those uh the over round there of two and a half rounds again the over is plus a dollar 70 the under right now surprising in this weight class minus 220 but to kevin's point there that is the, the game plan for grant is to get this and make it a quick night uh, you know, Caitlin Chikagan, she goes by blonde fighter. Some people call her point fighter here because she does <laughs> win a lot of fights by decision here. And you know, I, I hate to say that as a negative because all she does is win, Kevin. She's a dollar eighty favorite to do pass, it. Yeah. Man. Right? I know. It's like, man, now you got to do it with style points here against Amanda man Reboss, somebody that could be very tough to look good against. But Reboss is going up in weight from 115 to 125. She's the big underdog at plus a dollar fifty-five. Is this going to go according to script, which is Chikagan via decision?
7: Yeah, I, I like Chukagian in this fight. I mean, uh, Hebus is uh, ranked ninth at flyweight and Chukagian is first uh, at, I, I mean, ninth at strawweight. Chukagian is first at flyweight. And, you know, they're they're ranked where they are for a reason, right? I, I think Hebus uh, is a fighter that has a lot of tools and she looks to get you out of there, right? I mean, she's uh, a black belt in judo, a black belt in uh, jujitsu. Uh, she loves to strike. Uh, so she's an, a really an offensive fighter. Chukagian is more, you know, going to wrestle you and and grind it out and you know against most of the opponents she's had except for Valentina Shevchenko who's on a different level than pretty much <laughs> anybody I think that's uh, that's a good path for her and I I just think you know that uh, Hebus hasn't shown at the level you know fighting the elite Fighters at a higher weight class that she can pull this off. So I, I think the the safe play here is to go by uh, Chukagian. Go with Chukagian, and I, I, would say I like Chukagian by decision.
3: Uh, talking with Kevin Ioli of Yahoo Sports again. Follow him on Twitter as I do at Kevin I. I you know it is interesting. You, you got the lightweight division. It's absolutely loaded. Frank Camacho, Manuel Torres, going to try to make their names in that division. Camacho, a small underdog here, plus a dollar five. What do you make of what looks like a pretty even fight on paper?
7: I like Camacho in that fight, I th- and I think that's going to be a fight that you know UFC. Oftentimes, you know, you look at boxing undercards and you go, and, there, and there's not a fight. On UFC, there's a lot of fight cards that they you know put on where there's a fight that's an early fight on the card. Win that one.
3: I think it should be a fight, fun fight as well. Let's stay in the lightweight division here for the uh, former black zillion Michael Johnson still kicking here minus dollar forty five against Alan Patrick plus one twenty five. You know, it it is hard to back a guy like Johnson who hasn't won a lot, but then you look at Alan Patrick and go, what am I getting here? Do you have to go with two older guys in this division but one more of a name commodity versus the other?
7: Well, I, I, to me, it's like you have one fighter that is explosive and one fighter who's not. You know, and you, you talked about uh, Chukagian, you know, and, and how she fights. You know, Alan Patrick is kind of a conservative fighter. And, you know, the, Michael Johnson, I think when he loses fights, you know, he loses fights by making mistakes offensively. Hey, look, he, he's a guy that hurt Habib, right? Yeah. Uh, when they. They fought you know he had a, a, a good go of it for a while against Justin Gaethje in Gaethje's uh, debut he had Gaethje hurt for a little bit um, you know so Michael Johnson will, will make you know m- unfathomable mistakes sometimes, and it costs him the fight, but I think you're talking, when, when he does that, he, it's against way better competition than Alan Patrick, you know, and I think in this fight, you know, you're, you're going to take the guy who I think is in better condition, uh, who is far more explosive and, and can end fights, uh, you know, in an instant, so Michael Johnson, to me, is the play. You
3: got about 45 seconds to go, Kevin. When you look at the rest of the fight card, you got uh, Overkill Hill against Yonderoba. you've got Vivian, uh, Viviane Araujo against Andrea Lee. Uh, Nick Maximoff, the Nick, the uh, the Diaz brothers' disciples. Uh, is there any other fight on this card that you really find some value in?
7: I I like Angela Hill. You know, I mean Angela Hill um, sticks around. She's a dollar fifty, dollar sixty, depending on where you look. Um, I like her. She's always in fights. You know, she's a smart fighter. Uh, Vanderova, Roba, I think, is, uh, tends to make a lot of mistakes, as we saw in her fight with uh, Eubus. I like Angela Hill.
3: Hey, Kevin, thanks for joining the program here in First Strike. Do great work at Yahoo Sports. We appreciate the time. Appreciate it, guys. There he is, Kevin. I thanks to Jordan Sherwood, Lou Finnecaro. Enjoy the fights, everybody. We'll see you next week right back here. First Strike on VC, the sports betting network.